0: good morning journey church family and welcome to our service we're glad you're with us today and I want to wish every uh, mom out there a happy mother 's day and I want to wish my mama ha- a happy mother 's day she's uh, watching I believe this morning and uh, so I do appreciate her we'll see her a little bit later mom but uh, we're glad you're here today glad you're joining us in our our worship time together we're excited I miss you guys in person uh, but I can feel you out there I can see uh, on Facebook I was just checking some of the Check-ins and messages and so great to have you guys with us and engaged this morning that's a very big part of it today we're going to continue on in a series that began last week talking about moving when nothing else is and we're starting to see things begin to uh, break loose maybe that's the thing I'm looking forward to see them really move again uh, but until then we're right here and uh, we're looking forward to to our time this morning. You know, when I was a young minister, which was several years ago, we had several other young minister couples that would get together periodically. We would do it like monthly. We'd just uh, have fun, kind of break away from uh, our responsibilities. And um, one of the guys, one of the minister's name was Dave Lynn, and he was a lot more serious than most of us. We, uh, most of us liked to joke and everything, but Dave was more serious. He would walk up in your face. And look you straight in the eye, and he would ask, what are your goals, dreams, and aspirations? And most of us were just like, we just want to survive Sunday. If we can get through Sunday. We'll be great. Uh, we, we were far from thinking about our dreams, goals, and aspirations. And uh, we, uh, we just kind of wanted to get by. But Dave had a lot of, had a lot of uh, physical uh, disciplines, personal disciplines, including exercise and spiritual disciplines as well. And uh, I knew that he was going to go far, and so I kind of lost track of Dave for several years, but then I ran into him one time. We were in Dallas at a National Missionary Convention planning meeting, and we spent a few days together, and it was obvious that he was still as focused as he had always been. In fact, he had uh, been a missionary in Venezuela for many years and started dozens of churches there. And I remember the, the last morning, we were getting ready to leave, and we, most of us were just exhausted, and And we were getting ready to go to the airport, and nobody could find Dave. And like, where is Dave? Where's Dave? Well, finally discovered that Dave had been up since 4 a.m., going out for a morning run in the rain in February. And uh, we were all just like, okay, we give up. We're not even going to try to compete with Dave in this. But but he had a lot of discipline in his life. You know, there really is something about the word discipline that doesn't make us feel warmly toward it, is it? It kind of turns us off, right? Not something we want to do. We think of discipline being punishment or something unpleasant, like there's something wrong with us, so we're gonna be disciplined for that. And I think though that all of us wish in one way that we had a lot more disciplined life in some areas, maybe in the area of health. We wish that we were just healthier, that we took better care of ourselves, got more sleep ate better, you know, exercise, that we actually did exercise, maybe that would be what we would hope for, that our diet was healthier, that we managed our time a lot better, that our family priorities, that we had done this or that, and we disciplined our children with a little more courage and and wisdom. You know, we all have great intentions in these areas, I believe, but somewhere between the intentions and reality, there's a breakdown, And we're kind of in a time that I I don't think has been especially helpful for our self-discipline. It seems to me like this quarantine deal has actually helped us lose some of our disciplines. Maybe we've become less self-disciplined than we were in the past. We feel sorry for ourselves, and so we're kind of letting ourselves escape some things, and we're kind of excusing our undisciplined lives. But the reality is that the only way that we can really develop and grow in what area of our life that we want to, is to seek self-discipline. That we commit ourselves to some, some challenges of our life. Not just we go with the flow, but that we instead set some disciplines up. So, let me ask you a couple of questions here that I really want you to think about in light of where we're going today and in where we are currently in this season. The first question is this, what do you think God is doing in your life, your marriage, and your family? And in our world during this time. What do you think God is doing generally, but also specifically in your life? And secondly, how are you responding to what He is doing? Are you responding to what God is doing? I want you to think about those as we uh, consider our message today, as we talk about some, some spiritual disciplines. And I want to challenge you during this time, even though we believe that we're going to be breaking out of it soon, I want to challenge you to take this time to build a strong foundation for your faith and or to deepen the foundation that you already have. Maybe you've been a Christian for years and there's some disciplines, some spiritual disciplines that you know you ought to be doing, you ought to be committed to, but you haven't been as firm in those as you should. Or maybe you're a young Christian, you're thinking, what does it take for me to grow? What are my next steps on my spiritual journey as a follower of Jesus Christ? Wouldn't it be great if you were to be able to look back in a few years or months or even weeks back to this time and say, this was a huge growth period in my spiritual life. Wouldn't it be great to look at this moment as unique as it is at a time that we really grew in our faith? And I think we can do that. And so that's kind of why we were pulling out this series about living out our values in a difficult time when hopefully we're moving on our journey when everything else seems to be kind of stuck around us. And last week in this series, to kick it off, Tony talked about connecting, and he said that connecting basically is the process of becoming a Christian. And it really is when you think about it, when we start connecting with God and we connect with other believers and and we begin to solidify who we are in Christ, the process of becoming a Christian. Today we're going to be talking about growing, which is where the disciplines come in. And this is basically the process of being a Christian. Being a Christian means that we're on a journey, that we are moving, and there are some elements that help us along the way. And the next week, we'll talk about our third value, which is sharing, and that actually is the process of making disciples, which I'm I'm looking forward to sharing that as well. Now, as I said before, the way that we grow in any area is to have some discipline in ourselves. And so, I want to challenge us. You know, if you're thinking about some areas in your life that you've been a little lax in, some personal disciplines I would challenge you to start doing those. But today, I want to talk specifically about spiritual disciplines. And again, what does the word discipline mean? I love this definition. definition. A discipline is training expected to produce a specific character or pattern of behavior. A discipline is just training expected to produce a specific character or pattern of behavior. And if you know, if you think about it, almost nothing in life that really has any significance is accomplished without some discipline. We have to have that. We see the great athletes, and and they have natural talent, but it it has to be developed, and there has to be some discipline, hours and hours and years of practice to get them to where they are. Those who gain a degree in education and knowledge, you have to study, it doesn't come naturally. In your workplace, you have to discipline yourself to do well, to be faithful, uh, to be, uh, you know, a good worker, and then you're rewarded for that. When you have a successful family, it's because you've disciplined your children when they were young, and then you discipline yourself to lead them and provide for them. So basically, everything in life that is significant demands discipline. And that's important to understand. In the same way, spiritual disciplines are behaviors that will strengthen our spiritual walk, our spiritual growth, and enable us to grow to spiritual maturity. And that's important as well as we begin our journey. You know, we lay out the path of what it means to move on a simple journey toward Jesus. And, and we've said this several times. But let me just review that for you. We know that everyone begins somewhere. There's a point that we come to believe, a point that we then begin to engage and belong. And then the latter part of our journey, which is most of our Christian life, is become where we are deepening and sharing with other peoples. And what we're going to talk about today is what, how we live in that belonging stage of our Christian walk. That, that stage in our life that most of us are focused on right now as believers, and that's where we focus on growing and developing these spiritual disciplines that we're going to talk about. So let's jump in. Let's look at the disciplines that we've been mentioning so far. What are some spiritual disciplines that we can develop? Well, the first one I think is pretty obvious, and that is to meditate on God's Word. To meditate on God's Word. There are two forces in our world that will shape our thinking, either the Word of God or the world around us. The world of God or the world around us. There, there is no greater catalyst in our lives today, regardless of where we are on our journey with Christ, that will move us on our journey toward Him more than to read and meditate on God's Word. See, the Bible is the foundation of our lives, and it reveals God, and it reveals God's will for us in our lives. You know, we can see some aspects of God in creation, obviously. We can see God in other people, But we simply will not know who God really is, and truly know God without His Word. And we will never, ever know what Jesus has done for us without a knowledge of the Word of God, what Jesus did to redeem us and to bring us into a relationship with God. Listen to Psalms chapter 1, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take, or set in the company of mockers. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on His law day and night. So we choose who's going to input into our lives. Will it be the wicked? Will it be the sinners, the mockers? Or will it be the law of God, the Word of God? And that's why we're blessed if we meditate on God's Word. Now, to meditate means to ponder it. It means to, to dwell on it and to roll it over in our minds. And if we don't know the God's Word, there's no way that we can think about that. There's no way that we can incorporate that into our practical living without having a knowledge of it. Now, a lot of us, I I believe, are in a process of reading through the Bible this year. And uh, thanks to, I believe, quarantine a little bit, I'm a little bit ahead on that. I hope you're keeping up. If not, take some time, sit down and catch up in this Bible reading plan, uh, different ways we're doing that. And that is a great goal. To read through the Bible in a year is an awesome goal. But you know, it might be better to soak in a few verses than to read a bunch and not know what you're reading. So, maybe you ought to read a bunch and then just focus on a few verses to understand that. I believe that reading the Bible is a discipline because we have to set a time for it every day, preferably in the morning for most of us because that's before the day begins. But we need that time that we habitually spend time reading and meditating on God's Word. The Bible says it's a lamp unto our feet, a light into our path. If we're going to know what God wants us to do and how He wants us to walk throughout the day, we have to be, have a moment of time that we read and understand and digest God's Word and meditate upon it. So, definitely meditating on God's Word is probably the most important thing you could do right now on your journey with Christ. The second spiritual discipline is giving thanks. Giving thanks. Maybe that's a surprise to you, but I think that's a discipline because we can all enjoy what God gives us every day, and we can never think about acknowledging it. We just use it, we take it for granted. You know, we just have a beautiful world, and we have so many blessings here that God has given to us, but we often forget where they came from. First Thessalonians chapter 5 says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So it is God's will that we acknowledge Him as a giver of everything. Everything in our life, including our families, our job, our health, everything is as a gift from God. In fact, nothing that we have would would be ours, nothing that happens to us could happen unless God allows that to happen. And we know, don't we, that life is full of good and bad, and we know we don't necessarily thank God for the bad things in life, but sometimes we don't also thank God for the good things in life. And the Bible says that even when things are bad, we can thank Him that all things work together for the good of those who love Him and who call to His purpose. So understand that, that, that we need to thank God for every moment of life. What I've found is that sometimes when life is good, it's easy for us to forget to thank God. And then when the hard times come, we often don't have a heart of gratitude, and so we're not a very thankful people. But I believe, spiritual, uh, I believe giving thanks is definitely a spiritual discipline in our life. You know, I personally like to spend some time uh, in my prayer time every morning thanking God before I ask Him for anything. That just makes sense to me. I want God to know that I'm, I'm full of gratitude before I come asking for things. I think He knows me and knows that I am, but I want to remind Him of that. And So, I would encourage you to take some moment and maybe write down your thank, the things you're thankful for, your home, perhaps your, your, um, your spouse, your family, your church, your health, your blessings, whatever it may be. The list is endless. We can think of so many things to, to give thanks for but giving thanks is a spiritual discipline. Here's a third spiritual discipline, that is prayer. Prayer. Now, obviously, giving thanks is part of our prayers, but but typically we think about prayers being us petitioning God, asking Him for something. And in fact, uh, the Bible says in Philippians 4, do not be anxious, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. You see, prayer is simply asking God for help or strength or provision. Now, we know that God knows what our needs are automatically. He already knows what we need, but God wants us to come to Him and seek Him in those things. And I believe also in the time of prayer, not only do we seek to align God's blessing into our life or God's answers, more importantly, we seek to align our life into God's will and understand that God God has a plan for our life that we are seeking to find. We also need to remember that God truly cares for us, and God wants to hear what's on our hearts and what's on our minds. Like our children, when they come and talk to us, may not even be that important, but we love to hear them and and love the conversation. And what I've discovered is that the Bible is full of accounts of people who are waiting and hearing and answering or being answered by the prayers of God. And what's amazing is that, that God sometimes even changes His mind because of a believer's prayer. That's, that's amazing to think that God might change his plans based on what we bring to him and ask him to do. You know, a lot of us have our own stories and testimonies of God answering prayer in our lives. And so let's take those things and lift them up to him and, and seek his will. Remember that a discipline is something that we do regularly. Regularly, it's a habit, so we don't wait until we're in trouble to pray. We do it pray. We do it daily, automatically. Not only do we thank God in prayer, but we also petition God in prayer. Here's the fourth spiritual discipline, and that is giving. I believe that giving is a spiritual discipline. Paul writes on the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income. You know the Bible teaches that we ought to give in proportion to our income. That is, whenever we're paid, we ought to give, and we ought to give a portion of that. Now, in the, in the Bible, the goal is given us 10%, but, but we should give as our faith allows and our, as our faith leads us. The Bible strictly says, not under pressure, not, you know, not, uh, uh, not resentfully, but freely and generously. And I believe it ought to also be a discipline. It ought to be done weekly or as we receive our income. You know, we, we have people who give every week because that's that's just how they, they maybe they make their money and, you know, they're, they're paid that way and they give weekly. We have people give every other week. We have people who give, you know, once a month. We have people who give once a year uh, because that works out for them. And however that works out it is great, but it needs to be something you plan out. Because remember, a discipline is something that you have to be intentional about. We don't, have a discipline of any sort by accident. We have to be very intentional. And, uh, and giving, I think, is a discipline because of that. that. You know, there are many things that we can do with our money. There are many things that, that reach out for that. But we need to be convicted that God, that giving to God is important, and that giving to God is an act of obedience. Not only does it fund God's work on this earth, but I think it also reminds us of where it all comes from. And we all need that. We need a a regular reminder of where does our blessings come from. And it also puts us in a place where we can continue to be blessed by God. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul says, "'Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously.'" Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So when we learn to discipline ourselves in giving, we discover that not only do we receive the blessing, but God's work continues and echoes around the world. The fifth spiritual discipline I want to share is serving. It's serving. Jesus said, Whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. You know, serving might not be what you would initially think of as being a spiritual discipline, but I think it does require discipline to be consistent. You know, there, we, any of us can, you know, do something on the spur of a moment and serve people, but, but real service is a commitment there. To say, I will do that not only today, but I'll do that next week, and the week after that, and the week after that, as long as I'm needed. And sometimes we don't feel like serving one another, you know, but we have to have a commitment to do that. We have to discipline ourselves to serve even when we don't feel like it. The Bible reminds us that all of us have received a spiritual gift uh, whenever at our uh, our conversion and our uh, commitment to the Lord, and we need to use that to serve one another. So, in this light, I, I truly believe that serving is a spiritual discipline that we need to pr- practice. Every one of us need to find an area that we are consistently serving in. Well, let me give you one more of these spiritual disciplines that, uh, uh, before we go, and that is the discipline of fasting. You know, I think that fasting is probably the least practiced spiritual discipline, and also is probably the least popular one as well. Now we all know what fasting is, it's kind of going without food for a specific length of time, uh, a period of time. And and we know today that there are those who do sporadic fasting, maybe for health or for weight control, Uh, but biblical fasting is going without food for a time to focus on prayer and meditation on God's Word. And I would say this, if you've ever tried fasting, that it certainly requires discipline to fast when your body is crying out for food. Not only is there the habit of eating, but there's the the need of the physical body. And you know, when Jesus was here, He was here on on this earth, He practiced and set the example for us to fast. And we know that, that one fast was 40 days and 40 nights that He did. And I wouldn't suggest that you try that off the bat, but I would say that most of us need to practice fasting more than we do. You know, fasting, in my experience, adds a very powerful component to our focused time of prayer. It really kind of turbocharges that as you really are, are putting aside, denying yourself other things that you crave, and you're spending time focused on God. There are a lot of benefits of fasting. It brings us closer to God. It can break a stronghold in our life. If there's something you're wrestling with and you really want to put energy and focus in that, then, then fasting to break that stronghold. It can make us much more in tune with the Holy Spirit and put us in a place that we can hear from God among the distractions of life, when you start denying yourself and focusing your thoughts more, which fasting helps you to do, uh, it really makes a difference. And it doesn't have to be a long fast. You know, someone said that most of the fasts in the Bible were only a meal or two, maybe even, maybe a day long, but maybe just a meal or two. And so, I would encourage you to, to think about doing that and and uh, and to make sure that you're healthy enough for a fast. But also make sure that you actually spend the time that you would normally be eating in prayer and meditation with God, because it's not just missing a meal. You know, if you don't eat and you don't pray, then you just missed a meal, and that probably didn't accomplish anything. But take that time, set it aside, get away by yourself, and spend some time with God. Now, there's, there are six uh, spiritual disciplines that we ought to be aware of. We ought to recognize those. And as we looked at these spiritual disciplines and how important they are for our life and our, our increasing maturity in Christ, we, we've seen some things about them. So I just want to make a couple of comments about them. First of all, the Bible gives us both personal and corporate spiritual disciplines. Recognize there are some things that we do alone and some things we can do together. Yeah, some, some things we can do both. Um, for example, in prayer, you know, prayer is a personal discipline. It's something that we spend a lot of time, hopefully, alone in, but we also are to pray with the church, and we can encourage one another and feed off each other's gifts and prayers as we do that. You know, how do we do that at this time? Well, we are scheduling every Wednesday night at 6.30 a Zoom prayer meeting, and if you want to be a part of that, just email me, and we'll send you an invite that you can be a part of that. It's a way that you can grow in your spiritual life and share with other believers and pray with them while you can't exactly be in their presence. So that's important. Do it privately, do it publicly, do it with other people. The second thing I've noticed about the spiritual disciplines is that they are activities. They are things that we actually do. They're not attitudes or qualities of our life. They are practices in our life. But the goal is not just to do them, but instead to let them help you grow in becoming more like Jesus. It's not a goal in our life to say, you know, I've done a three-day fast and tell everybody about it. In fact, Jesus said if you do that, you kind of missed the point and lost the, uh, you know, the, the reasoning, the benefit of that. So, it's not just to be able to do these things, but instead the goal is to help us become more like Jesus. In 1 Timothy 4, it says, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. So, the reason that we do this is not to punish ourselves or, or anything, it's to become more and more like Jesus Christ. Not to be a super Christian, but to be more like Jesus. We've also noticed, I think, in this that all these disciplines are taught and practiced in the Bible. Now, I've given you six, but I've seen a long, long list of spiritual disciplines. And one of the dangers of this is adding to the list in things that may not really be beneficial. For example, gardening and walking in nature might be something you enjoy doing. And in fact, you might even, you know, uh, think about God, and you might even feel close to God when you're doing these things, but those are not really spiritual disciplines. They're not wrong necessarily, but they're not really the disciplines that that the Bible teaches. God has given us these spiritual disciplines clearly as ways to experience God and to grow in Christ-likeness. Remember, God's goal for our life is that we grow to be more like Jesus. And these disciplines are very practical and simple ways that, 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 that this can happen. And in fact, this is how Jesus grew. If you look at each of these, you will see that in the Bible that Jesus practiced these. And he grew in his walk with the Lord. And whenever he was here upon the earth, he had a strong dependence upon the Holy Spirit. In fact, you know, his time in prayer and his time in fasting really focused his attention, and his relationship with the Holy Spirit. Last week, Tony used an acronym, POWER, Holy Spirit POWER, and he, and he said it, uh, it kind of stands for these things, prayer, obedient living, word centrality, exalting God the Father, which is worship, and relationships of love and integrity. And if we look at those five things, we'll see, wow, that's exactly how Jesus lived His life. And that's how we need to live our lives as well. And you can see how the disciplines fit perfectly in those, those uh, different aspects. Now, let me just also say this before we wrap up, that these spiritual disciplines are not just for super Christians. I think some people think that, wow, you know, there are really strong Christians ought to be doing these things. I tell you, many of the strong Christians got that way because they did these things. And these are not unattainable for anyone. They're very, very simple. And even the youngest Christian could begin to adapt these and should begin to adapt these and incorporate these into their life. And again, they are means to become like Christ, and they are not ends in themselves. We are not godly just because we practice these disciplines, but these are means for us to become godly as we pursue our relationship with Jesus Christ. We don't want to just be known as people who do certain things. We want to be known as followers of Christ, in fact, little Christ, and these are the ways that we can build that into our life. Now, Like I said before, growing is the result of these practices and is the process of being a Christian. It's living out the commandments and the examples of Jesus Christ. Again, this list of six, meditating on God's Word, giving thanks, prayer, giving, serving, and fasting are simple and easy for us to remember. But the real key is the word habit. The word habit. These need to be daily habits in our life. We need to develop these practices and make them habits that we're committed to. And in fact, I know that's hard, but that really is why they're called disciplines. That's That's the challenge of it all. They're not easy to stick to. It's easy to miss your time with God in the mornings when your schedule has changed, or it's easy to get away and not commit to serve, or it's easy to forget to give, or whatever it may be. They do require some personal discipline. But I do believe that if we will establish these habits and stick with them, then we'll begin to see the spiritual growth in our lives and we'll become more and more like Christ, which is our ultimate goal. So, how do we move when nothing else is? Well, we just buckle down personally and develop these spiritual disciplines in our life. And when we do that, we will begin to see growth in our lives. And one day, hopefully, when all this is over, well past this, we can look back and say, wow, I took that time and I really spent it investing in my spiritual life and developing these disciplines that will last a lifetime. And as you do that, you will see that your life will begin to grow more and more like that of Jesus Christ. I want to challenge you to do those things. Next week, we'll talk about sharing and, uh, and how, what that means as we become more and more the, the disciple that God wants us to be.